Welcome to the Why We Write Fantasy Podcast, a podcast about all the reasons why we love to write and read fantasy, with your hosts, Oscar Sasenia and KJ Aiello. Hello and welcome to the Why We Write Fantasy Podcast. My name is Oscar and I'm joined by... KJ Aiello, and I'm so excited to be here for our inaugural episode. So buckle in, people. <laughs> no, not really. It's not going to be that wild, but it'll be fun, hopefully. <laughs> it'll be fun. Uh, it'll we're going to be talking about like, what are the things? Why do we write fantasy? Why do we decide to make this podcast? Why do we love fantasy and all that? So yeah, let's yeah. get ready. All the writerly techniques, all the insider scoop. We've got it for you here. So for our first episode, we decided to talk about why is it that we write and read fantasy and sci-fi and speculative fiction. Um, You know, fantasy has been around for a long time, a couple hundred years now, actually. But everybody now has different reasoning behind why they love fantasy or why they love to write fantasy because it's so diverse now, the fantasy genre. Um, So why don't we start like Oscar, tell me about your fantasy journey. My fantasy journey is pretty, uh, it goes a few decades. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, anyway, I'm, not, I'm just going to give you my age. But. So I started reading fantasy when I was a teenager. And uh, I come from Mexico. I was born and raised there. And uh, back in the uh, 80s, I was born in 78. So, so people get an idea of what I'm talking about. So I started like reading and, and I love reading. I used, I started reading when I was a kid and I kept, I continue reading now. But uh, when I was a teenager, it was in high school, like junior high school, I was 13 years old. And at school, they gave us the list of books that we had to read that year. And one of those books was The Hobbit. And at the time I had no idea what it was about, but it was like, okay, I need to read it. That's fine. It was one of the ones that we had to read at the end of the of the uh, of the called like the year, so I read it about maybe I don't know, let's say May May time frame, mm-hmm. and I loved it. I was so fascinated by <laughs> this world, something that I had never seen before um, in my life. Like it was it was something completely magical, to the point that as a teenager. But the first thing I did, my, my birthday is in May 26th. So I asked my mom to buy me the Lord of the Rings trilogy as a, as a birthday gift. She gave it to me and I read the three books. I, I didn't read that as fast as I do right now, but I think I read the three books in maybe a month or something like that's that. Amazing. Like a month and a half, like during the summer. And I think that's when it started. That was like the, 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 the spark that just kindled mm. this thing. And, uh, and after that, I just kept kept reading. As I said, I wanted to mention that it was from Mexico and it was in the 80s because a lot of the authors that we now know, even from back then we used to know, they, were, they weren't translated to Spanish. So I had to find a different way to, to get into this. So I already knew a little bit of English, but I wasn't fluent on, on the language. So I just started getting the books that I could and, and started doing it. And that's when I, I found uh, Dungeons and Dragons, which became yeah. my favorite hobby for 30 years. So, yeah. and that opened my, my fantasy spectrum to a completely different way. 
So uh, yeah, that's how, kind of how my journey started. That's so what about cool. you, Katie? No, Where no, your... we're gonna we're gonna stop on there. <laughs> you said that opened my fantasy spectrum in a completely different way. I want like I know the answer to this, but I really want you to touch on what did the did D and D and tabletop RPGs do for you then? That you know, going from The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings to D and D, what was different about it that really sparked you? I think what I liked, uh, and I still like, I'm I love to be a game master, um, mm. like building stories, building worlds. Um, honestly, most of the books that I buy that are uh, uh, from a TTRPG, either Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Pathfinder, whatever I buy, it's lore. What I, what I get, like I get massive books about lore and the history of the world and how it was created and. What are the races that are there? Mm. Uh, the um, gods, like what is all what is there that makes this this campaign setting so magical? And I think that's one of the things I loved about the Lord of the Rings because after Lord of the Rings, I went with the Silmarillion, like everything, like the fall <laughs> of Numenor, like everything, <laughs> the, everything that was Tolkien. Um, I, I read it and I, I started loving the like all the all the world building there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, I think that's what that's that's one of the reasons why I also love uh, playing TTRPGs because it's just it allows me to create a world and play in the world and create as many stories as I want on a weekly basis. So yeah, yeah that's a that's a pretty <laughs> cool thing. Yeah, being there on a biweekly basis with you is it's pretty awesome. Oscar makes some pretty like epic campaigns where he his motivation i swear to god is just to slaughter us all let's see how quick <laughs> we can kill all the characters this is oscar he's like the death game master <laughs> but anyways <laughs> he writes a pretty wicked campaign i'm not gonna lie i think my journey is a, is similar to yours in a way obviously I, I did not grow up in mexico um i grew up in rural ontario um was fairly isolated i grew up Um, And by rural, I mean, you know, for the first, I think, like 13 years of my life, I lived way out in the country. You know, we had to get bused into school and my neighbors were like a mile down the road and I played in forests and that sort of thing. Um, And I actually I didn't start reading until fairly late, I think. Um, I was never a reader before, but my mom used to read Lord of the Rings to me. Um, I remember being a little kid and lying on my mom's bed and my mom was reading to me from this book and it was I know now as a grown-up that this is was a really special edition of the Lord of the Rings and we didn't have a lot of money so this was one of the most expensive items in our house and it was Mm -hmm. all three books and it was only about that thick but it was on onion paper so just the sound of the paper turning was just it was incredible and the cover was just the um the door to Moria with the dwarfish runes and in the cent- and there was a tree and then in the center of that was the the even star and it was just i just remember tracing my finger along that and then just that first introduction to a magical world and how excited my mother was about reading to me this this magical book i mean i wasn't really that interested but she i think she needed it more than i did because <laughs> again we lived pretty isolated <laughs> um she always tried to inculcate this this sense of wonder and fantasy into me, uh, which I really appreciate. And that's, you know, kind of become the template for my my career now. Um, but then it, it was right. a little while. Yeah, it was a little while until I actually started reading on my own. And it was Dragonlance I picked up. 
And it was, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I was like 13, 12, 13 years old at that time. And I was not, again, there was more isolation in my life. I was not really a very popular kid in school. I was quite lonely. Um, my mom was going through a really bad uh, episode of depression. The recession hit us really hard. And then when I found these Dragonlance books, I mean, first of all, the covers were so colorful. And there was a dragon. I, I picked yeah. up the, um, what is it, the the um, the War of the Lance, the trilogy, the War of the Lance. And each mm-hmm. cover of the first editions, they had a different colored dragon. So it was a red dragon, there was a blue dragon, there was a green dragon, and then a wizard right. and a kender and a dwarf. And I was like, what is this magic? I think it was the colors that drew me in first. <laughs> but then I read the first one and I was just, I read it in like two days. And I think my mom was yeah. shocked because she was like, okay, is my daughter reading now? Like, what is happening? It just, <laughs> and I didn't stop. And I became, those worlds, that Kryn and the world in Dragonlance became my world. And it became the, yeah. my solace, um, the place I could escape into when things around me were really, really difficult. Um, and I wasn't, I mean, for a young kid, I was pretty depressed and pretty anxious. So I think it's in a way, um, like Dragonlance in a way kind of saved Save my sanity a little bit, a little bit. And then from that, I started writing my own fan fiction. Um, and I didn't know what fan fiction was, but I still wrote it. And it was <laughs> really wrote, yeah. bad. It yeah. was really, I used words like burst and sunlight and shards and flames <laughs> and everything was like this female general and, you know, riding dragon. I mean, it was really cool, but I mean, you know, how a 13, yeah. 14 year old can write, it's not that great, but that was it just it, that spark never really died even over the you know the decades and how things you know life goes up and down that spark never really died you know and in my 30s i i started actually to return to the dragonlance books that i had left behind 20 years ago mm-hmm. and that pretty much was pivotal in my career and i just said you know i need to write i need to write this so that was yeah. my yeah that's my adventure <laughs> A very short Coles Notes version of my adventures with fantasy. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what I find find interesting is that even though like we were we grew up like thousands of miles apart, yeah. like the, it's kind of it's kind of like the same around the same the same time. Like we're teenagers, like yeah, thirteen, and I think that's kind of when a lot of people start liking or discovering fantasy, and yeah. and this is not something that happened to us by accident but it's also i think it's a time where you're like developing your personality and all those things as a as a teenager and you need to find the things that that resonate with you like there's many many things like it it doesn't doesn't have to be only one yeah but the fact that that you and i we both picked this one randomly Mm -hmm. out of so many things and 30 years later I mean, also giving out your age. I apologize. <laughs> anyway, I am a year okay. younger than Tw- Oscar. 20, 20, years, 20 years later for you, 30 for me. 400 for you, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but what, what I want to say is that it actually continues, right? There's so yeah. many few things that I used to do when I was a teenager that I still do. And yeah. one of those is like reading and writing fantasy. Like yeah. even though it, it's not like I'm, I'm writing like I'm not like Brandon Sanderson. I'm not publishing like a book every year, yeah. like fantasy book every year. But I do write a lot of fantasy. You it's do. only sometimes it's just for me. Sometimes it's for my my campaign world. 
whatever I do, I just write it. And then you do the same. And I, I love what you said about like writing fan fiction as a kid, because if, <laughs> yeah. you, if you had those, that would be amazing. <laughs> I actually do still have some of my fan fiction stories. I'm not going to lie. I have this binder. Oh. I, I mean, I'm not going to show you. It's behind me, but I'm not going to show you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's some of those like really old um, dot matrix printer, you know, you'd have to like mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. line the paint and it would all be attached. Yes. And I would type it on like my mom's, I think it was the, a Macintosh. It wasn't an Apple computer. It was right. a Macintosh. And I was like typing yes. away. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> some of it's handwritten. That, that's in pencil. Yeah, yeah. I have some of it. Most of it. I was, I think it's like this just, you know, at that time in your life, you just, I don't know. It's like shame just comes over you and everything you do, you feel like you should, you're like, oh, that's stupid. Uh. So I would actually rip up all my stories and I would shove them down the bathroom drain because I was so embarrassed mm -hmm. of my my right. stupid fan fiction. So I'm glad I kept some of it, but now yeah. it's like spread it out into the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, as a teenager, that happens. Not Ugh. it's to everybody, right? So like we, we want to fit. We want yeah. we want to fit in a in a mold. We want to be the same as everybody. Yeah. We grow up and it's like I don't want to be the same. I want to be unique. And then you start like getting all those things. But uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's it's pretty it's pretty cool. It's it's really really interesting to learn how like both you and I like why we started reading, why we started writing, and why fantasy is so important for both of us. Yeah. Why is fantasy so important for you now? I'm curious. I think it's kind of the same. Like, I love I love uh, worlds that are not ours. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> like just, just imagine those things, like how, um, I don't know, how a world was created. Like, if gods, like, existed and they were, like, in... Like there were there were uh, manifestations of the gods in a world. Mm -hmm. What would that happen? Like all that speculation. Like if magic was a thing. Like if I could cast a fireball, what would the world look like? Because it wouldn't be just Oscar like recording a podcast and casting <laughs> fireball out of like just that doesn't make any sense, right? Like yeah, yeah. every every little thing that happens in a in a fantasy world has an impact on another part of the world. Yeah. And I love to learn all those things. This is why you're a world builder. And we do have an episode this season coming up on world building. And this is where Oscar's, this is Oscar's moment to shine because he is an epic <laughs> world builder. I think one of the things that we wanted to to talk today as well was uh, how all those magical worlds can help us understand the real world. Just because there's an evil empire with mages and wizards and dragons doesn't mean that we cannot have an evil empire with well maybe it's not wizards but it's people who hold a lot of power and yeah. maybe their magic is different the magic that we have in our world is of course not magic but they do have power they can make yeah. decisions that impact everyone else so i think those things are are, are cool and i want to hear your take on why why fantasy allows us to understand complex worlds. Yeah, actually, um, and not to <laughs> plug myself, but I have a book coming out that is all about this. Um, the Monster in the Mirror is going to be published um, spring of 2024 with ECW Press. And in it, I talk about specifically about mental illness, um, abnormal behaviors and othering, but how that has been perceived and constructed through the fantasy genre. And I also use a little bit of fantastical horror in there too, as we will be talking about in this podcast. Um, so basically speculative fiction. 
But I think with fantasy, a guy Gabriel Kay, who is the amazing Canadian fantasy author, he wrote an essay for the Globe and Mail, and it was published in 1999. But you can actually find it on his website. It's called Bright Weavings. It's his website. And in the essay, he actually argues that fantasy gives us a way to understand that which is uncomfortable to unpack or dissect or wrap our heads around about our own world. Fantasy puts it into a medium that is more digestible for us. So if we take, um, in my case, why do we use a madness trope a lot in our villains? This was just one aspect of it, but in our villains in fantasy, you think of the mad scientist trope, you think of Dr. Frankenstein um, and what makes a monster. So being able to wrap this in a fantastical casing, I guess, you actually, it's more inviting to the reader and it helps them open their minds and understanding more than, say, um, just, you know, genre fiction, like just regular fiction or drama or whatever. Because that's like in the regular fiction, this is the world that we already know. We know these stories. We know the mm-hmm. mental illness story. We know. And it, sometimes it even borders into trauma porn. So, you know, when I was um, researching for my book, it was actually D&D. I was researching our our TTRPGs as well. And there was a a slew of folks who actually approached me because they had used to to be able to explore gender identity. Um, One individual used it to explore queerness, her brown identity, uh, trauma, Mm. and another individual... um, he said that D&D actually helped him realize, helped him come out as a trans man, right? And this was hmm. in the 90s when, I mean, even today, yeah. exploring your gender in a public way it can be very dangerous. You know, fantasy helps us understand or be able to explore these things that really feel uncomfortable, you know, in a way mm-hmm. that nothing else, like there's, I really don't think... There's a lot, (laughs) unless you go to therapy (laughs) once or twice a week, (laughs) fantasy is there. So basically what what we're saying is that uh, fantasy is cheap therapy. Yeah. Cheap in the sense that you need to spend that much money, not that it's bad. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, (laughs) it should be a part of your your treatment plan. Your healthcare provider should be like, okay, here's medication, here's therapy, and here's fantasy. And here's a book. (laughs) And here's a book. (laughs) Yeah. And you can be like, there's yeah. a Dragonlance book or something like that. Um, I think that you might have already answered this question, but like the same question back to you is why do you, what does fantasy mean to you? What does it do for you now? Right now? Yeah. No, it's kind of like the idea of, uh, I mean, besides the like kind of like reading and getting ideas of other worlds, it's also, it's also a way to escape the, the world. Like, you wake yeah. up, you read the news. Well, yeah. maybe not everybody, but that's what I do. It's kind of like my routine. Like I wake up, I read the news. There's war here. There's uh, another problem here. There's crime over there, the, a recession, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like you get all these this things that are can be pretty depressing. And then you go to work and then your mind is focused on being productive. Like this idea that we have in, in like this, this I mean, in, in the world, like, the idea of being productive is like doing mm-hmm. your your job properly, like getting results, um, making your numbers look good, all those things. And then by the time you're done, it's five, six in the evening, 
you get home and you get home to your family and you might be in a shitty mood. Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, it depends. Depends right? on your job. Depends on your day. But it's possible. So one of the things that I like to do is like kind of like wind as I'm wind, winding down and uh, just trying to do things that kind of like give me energy. One of those mm-hmm. things is reading and reading fantasy because I get so obsessed with this. I love lore. Like lore is my thing. That, like KJ was saying, like the next episode is yeah. about world building. And you're gonna you're gonna realize how much I love uh, yeah. lore and all the things that happen in the world. So that gives me a lot of energy. It gives me enough energy to have like an amazing evening, a peaceful night, and to wake up the next day to read that the war that I read the day before is still going. And stuff. Yeah. Like, I think that's kind of what what what, yeah. what uh, uh, fantasy means to me at this point in my life. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely that escape. I mean, fantasy, there's always an escapist element to fantasy, but I'm super curious now because you and I lead very different lives. Like I work from home. I'm actually a writer, professionally a writer. So my day is just kind of like, does not have a lot of structure because I don't know actually how to have structure in my life. So, but you, you work a corporate job. You, you know, got have to be at your desk by 8 a.m. or whatever the case may be. And sometimes your days don't end until 7 p.m. Um, and you fantasy helps you through that. So I love that dichotomy between our lives as well, but we still come to the same conclusion about fantasy. But I'm also curious yeah. about other aspects in our life. Like, is your partner into fantasy at all? Because mine is not. <laughs> like, at I think all. Mine, <laughs> mine likes uh, fantasy, but not as much as I do. Yeah. But uh, like she, she loved the like for example all the Harry Potter books. She right. she loved them, and actually she was the one who introduced me to those books because I, when they came out, I was like a little bit snobbish. It was like no, those are fantasy for kids. I don't read that. I read <laughs> I read like fantasy for adults, and uh, and it was when when book three came out that we met. And she's like, I'm reading this book, and it's amazing. And of course, we started dating. and wanted to talk to her about something, so it's like, okay, fine, I'll read them. <laughs> and and but and and again, like that's you got another type of world, another type of magic, blah blah blah. And I, I actually love the 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 world that was created there. And yeah, but she's not like she, she you wouldn't you wouldn't see her every day reading fantasy. That's that's not her. Yeah, at all. Yeah, that's not my partner either. Like he, the the only fantasy that he'll ever get into again and again and again is Alien, the Alien series. He, Those are amazing. Uh, like, I mean, I've seen them so many times. They're not my jam, but I can definitely appreciate it. Um, that and DC, like uh, uh, Superman, mm, the Flash. Superhero. The Flash is right. his thing. So he's been watching the Flash like all apparently the 10th season and the last season is coming out and he's just like on the couch watching them all because he (laughs) hasn't watched them all before every year and alien that's it though he's not a reader (laughs) it's like not into the fantasy stuff like i am but i it's somehow it works it works but i think one of the things you're mentioning here and i think it's pretty pretty interesting and and it's something we we should kind of like let the people who are listening know that yeah like fantasy is not only reading. Like, yeah, we yeah. can be like there's there's a lot of books and there's a lot of things and and we love them and we read them. That's fine. But fantasy comes in so many different yes. ways. Like could be could be a movie, could be a TV show, could be a comic book. 
Yeah. It could be a, a video game. Yeah. Like, there's so many places like TTRPG. Cosplay, uh, LARPing, all of it. Yeah, yeah. All those things mm-hmm. are, are fantasy related. That yeah. someone who says like, you know what, I I don't like fantasy, but I love playing, I don't know, World of Warcraft. Right. Right. There, there's so much story and so much lore in that world that it honestly is considered fantasy. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah. Again, I think it's it's one of the things that we're going to focus on books because we love reading and writing. Yeah. But I think at some point we're going to talk also about other oh, media yeah. that, uh, Absolutely. That, that talks about fantasy. Perfect. So I think it's time to wrap up. And I think, uh, wh- why don't we give like a quick teaser of our next uh, next episode? It's going to be about world building. Yeah. So basically our next episode is going to be super exciting. Oscar is going to be diving into what he is so good at and it is world building and it's all the aspects about building a world a super high level approach to world building yes i mean there's so many so many things in world in building a world like magic gods mm-hmm. history society politics um like even like biology like everything yeah. that's happening there yep. so in this this episode it's going to be more like a super high level like a 10,000 feet approach to yeah to the world building we can yeah. fit it in one episode but that's kind of the idea. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack with world building, definitely. And Oscar is the person to go to about that. But world building is also one of the toughest things to get started. If you're a writer, how, how do you, where do you position yourself in this world? How do you do it? Oscar's got it. Stay tuned for the next week's episode. It's going to be awesome. I'll probably have to cut him off at some point. Yes. <laughs> Well, this is the end of the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, you already know what are we going to be talking about next week. So, uh, yeah, hope you, you tune in. Thank you and happy writing. <laughs>